many know that our God does things that are impossible to man? Anybody believe that today? Amen. Amen. Let's turn, amen, to the book of Psalms. Amen. And we're going to read in the scripture, Psalms 27. Amen. Our vision for 2019 has been one thing. Somebody say one thing. Amen. God is wanting to simplify, amen, our life. Amen. He is wanting, amen, to bring us into clarity of purpose. And it all has to do, amen, finding the peace that we're longing for, the fulfillment we're longing for. It has everything to do with us zeroing in on one thing like David did, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Him our the center of our lives and our affection today. Psalms 27, verses 5 and 6. Amen. The Bible says, for in the time of trouble. Somebody say trouble. One more time. Say trouble. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. That word pavilion means shelter. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, and he shall set me up upon a rock. Next verse. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. And this Sunday morning, I simply want to speak from this subject. I know I've been speaking a lot. I don't, I've been saying everything this Sunday. So bear with Pastor. Uh, but I want to speak on this subject from trouble to triumph. From trouble to triumph. Would you say that with me? From trouble to triumph. Can we pray one last time before you're seated and ask the Lord to have his way? Lord, we come before you. Lord, giving you our lives, placing our lives, Lord, and everything in it, every detail in it, every challenge in it on the altar. Lord God, we come before you, God, bringing the good, bad, and the ugly, Lord Jesus bringing our trouble, bringing our impossibilities to you. Lord, you are the God who reigns victorious, Lord Jesus. There's nothing above you. There's nothing above your reach. There's nothing beyond your reach. There's nothing above, Lord God, your ability to heal, to deliver, to save, to encourage. Lord God, to give us victory today. I pray that we, Lord God, would take heed to what you want to give us. To, Lord God, not have spurts of triumph, but, Lord, to live in triumph every day, and we ask you this, and everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord today. Amen. From trouble to triumph. From trouble to triumph. In life, we will have trouble. Somebody say amen. Raise your hand if you've ever had trouble in your life. Amen. We got some real people in this place. 
In life, we will have trouble. The Bible says in John 14, verse 1, Job 14, verse 1, man that is born of a woman. That's all of us. We're all born of a woman. Amen. It's intentional delay there. Man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. I want to talk about one of my least favorite verses in the Bible, but it's honest. If we can get that back up there. Man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. This is every one of us. This is every one of us. I wish it was 10% trouble. Wish it was 0.5.0001% trouble. But the Bible says full of trouble. I thank God this isn't the only verse in the Bible. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. There's so much more than this. We have a lot more hope. But this is just honest. It's not a statement of gloom and doom. It's just honest. We got to be careful not to bend honesty towards doom and gloom. This is just an honest verse. We're born of, that are born of a woman are full, a few days and full of trouble. That's every one of us. Jesus said in John 16, verses 32 and 33, he's prophesying of his arrest at the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus says, behold, the hour cometh. Yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. He's talking about being at the Garden of Gethsemane. He has spent close fellowship with his disciples for three, three and a half years. And he's prophesying of a moment where they're all going to forsake him. And not only will they all forsake him, but they will all be scattered from each other. They're going to all be alone. And so he says, every man, he said, you're going to be scattered, every man to his own and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. This is what Jesus said. These things have I spoken to you that in me, ye might have peace. I want to say that again. Jesus, sometimes we read the Bible too fast. We read the verse too fast. And we don't catch what Jesus is really trying to communicate to us. Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall, somebody said I shall have, Ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I want you to look at two or three people and say, be of good cheer. Put a smile on your face and just be of good cheer. Come on. People are about to start singing, singing Christmas songs. and It's going to be cheery, cheerful songs. It's going to be awesome. I love that stuff. You know, but it's not relegated to that time of the year. Jesus is saying, be of good cheer. 
in the world you're going to have tribulation. And right there in your tribulation, be of good cheer. For Jesus said, I have overcome the world. In this present world, you're going to have, we're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer because Jesus has overcome the world. We ought to clap our hands and thank him for that right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The image comes in my mind. The picture comes in my mind. You, you ever get those snow globes? My sister loves snow globes. She's got all, all kinds of neat little snow globes. And sometimes you can turn a little wine thing up and they'll start, you know, tinkling and whatever, making those nice sounds and stuff like that. You know, you know what, what I, the picture I get in mind with this verse is, is, is my life in a snow globe and it being held in the hands of Jesus. That there's nothing going on in that snow globe that Jesus doesn't have authority over. There's nothing going on in that snow globe, in your snow globe, that Jesus doesn't have victory over. Be of good cheer. As long as your world, your snow globe, if you will, is in the hands of Jesus, be of good cheer. You have nothing to fear because Jesus has overcome the world. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible, amen. Just like Job 14.1 is honest. Man is of a few days and full of trouble. Amen. This verse here is just as honest, is just as true as the previous verse. Uh, yes, you may have full of trouble. Yes, you may have tribulation. But also just as true is that Jesus Christ has overcome the world. Jesus has overcome your trouble today. Hallelujah. Come on, that can make you face Monday. Come on, that can make you face your situation. That can make you face, uh, help you face your hospital visit. Uh, that can help you face the job on Monday. That can help you face the midst of crisis. Is that Jesus has overcome. There will be times in every one of our lives when we will have trouble. There will be times when your life is full of trouble. There will be times where every one of us will deal with his or her trouble without anyone else to help. It's not that nobody else cares. It's simply that nobody else has the means or the words or the wisdom to solve your trouble. It is a divine position. God didn't cause the trouble, but he allowed it. To, amen. And he allowed nobody to solve it. Hear me today. The Lord allows us to get to places in our lives where nobody else can help us but him. Sure, we can and we must pray for one another. We must visit one another, call one another, check up on one another. Hey, man, there, there ought to be nobody who's lonely in the house of God. Now, don't get me wrong here, all right? There's sometimes a loneliness that only Jesus can cure, but none of us ought to worry about if somebody else in this place cares about us. Come on, we can get a few more hand claps with that. We need that with each other. 
We need to check on one another. We need to encourage one another. These things must happen among us as the body of Christ. It is God's will that we forbear one another and help each other as in this life as we pursue Christ together. However, the Lord never intended for us to be the final solution for each other's problems. We need fellowship. Amen. We, we, we got we to gotta fight against isolation. All right? Don't isolate yourself. Amen? Come on. The enemy goes after the isolated ones. You can't, we can't afford to isolate ourselves. We can't af- afford to be an island unto ourselves. Uh, that's who the enemy goes after first. Get into the flock of God. Let yourself be loved today. Amen. We, it's, it's God's will, but God never intended for us to be the final solution for each other's problems. It's not what he intended. He never intended for us to be the final solution for each other's problems. The Lord allows trouble. He doesn't cause it. He allows it to bring you and I into a place of dependency on him. The Lord allows trouble to bring you and I into a place of closeness in him. If it was not for trouble, we may not call upon the Lord the way we truly need to. You see, the Lord can redeem trouble for his purpose, and his purpose is Good. I want to say that again. The Lord can redeem trouble for his purpose, and his purpose is good. Whatever trouble you've got going on in your life right now, take that mental picture. The Lord can redeem it. In other words, amen, maybe we cause our own trouble, and a lot of times we do. The truth is probably most times we do. But God can say, all right, I know you messed it up. I know you dropped the ball. I know you did this and you did that. But if you'll place your world in my hands, I can redeem it. I can redeem it. I can fix it. I can untangle it. I can turn it around. And I can use it for my holy purpose. And God's purpose is good. purpose is good his purpose is good let's make it a little more personal his purpose for your life is good amen the Lord has a place for you and I in the time of trouble Psalms 27, verse 5, it says, For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. I I feel to rewind for just a moment. I can't get off of it. The Lord's purpose for your life is good. Let 
I know it's a little awkward. It's all right. I'm not afraid of awkward. I used to be, but not anymore. I don't care about awkward. If it means getting to God's purpose, right? God's purpose for you is good. God is wanting to drive that home. God's wanting you and I to own that. He's wanting you and I to embrace that. Because a lot of times we come into church and we get around each other, amen, and, and some of us, oh my some of us coming to church is the most people we've been around all week. And we go home and we battle with that. Lord, do you really care? Lord, do I really matter? Do you really have a purpose for my life? And he's saying yes, yes, yes. God can redeem our trouble and use it for his purpose. And his purpose is good. Psalm 27, 5, it says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. That word pavilion means shelter. And the Lord has a pavilion that he wants to bring us into in the time of trouble. A pavilion is a place of shelter that Jesus wants to gather us into in the time of trouble. Jesus says in Luke 13, 34, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killeth the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, these these people, the children of Israel, they, 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 dis, they discarded the word of God. They rejected the man of God. Uh, they, they, they killed them. They stoned them to death because they didn't want to hear what God had to say. And Jesus was saying, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killeth the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings and ye would not. Jesus is crying out for his children to come to him in their time of trouble. Jesus is inviting us to enter into his shelter in the time of trouble. Jesus likened it. He likened his heart to bring us close to him like a mother hen gathering her chicks under the shadow of her wings and yet some would not come to him some would not rest in him some would refuse his invitation to be guarded protected and men and abide in a place of refuge God's refuge he said ye would not some do not go to God for shelter. Some would not go to God for safety. He continued in that same verse, verse 5, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. You see, there is a place of protection in the presence of the Lord. 
There is a place of refuge in the tabernacle of the Lord. That word tabernacle means a dwelling place. It means a place of worship. The name of this church is Lighthouse Tabernacle. We felt a commission by God to be a lighthouse in the city, stretching far and wide in not only West Hartford, but Hartford County and beyond. And also to be a tabernacle, a safe place to worship the Lord and abide in his refuge. It's a place of worship. It's a place of refuge. It's a place of prayer. It's a place of closeness with God. It's a place where the Lord keeps us safe in his arms. Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2. He that dwelleth, he that dwelleth, he that stays, abides, finds his living place in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. And my fortress. It's a fortress. It's a place you go to in the heat of battle for safety. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my oasis. Uh, amen. I don't have to look around and, and, and worry about something harming my life. The Lord is my refuge and my fortress. You could be having arrows, if you will, of life, uh, troubles of life, trying to charge you and destroy you. But I will say of the Lord, the Lord is my refuge and my God. In him will I trust it is the place of prayer. This place is the place where his word is my defense. Proverbs 18.10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are and is safe. Jesus is inviting you and I to his pavilion, to his shelter. Another word that the Bible uses as, as a word to describe pavilion means a lair. It's an inner, inner, inner place that the Lord is inviting us to. He's inviting us to come to his tabernacle. And he says to you and I today, will you enter in? Will you enter in? Psalm 94, verse 22. But the Lord is my defense. The Lord is my defense. Defense. You know, God's not trying to turn us into a bunch of pansies, but we need to understand something. You're defending yourself all the time. You're, you're not strong as you think you are. 
Spirit of the Lord. Listen, I'm, I'm, and, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about being a carpet or mat to be walked on. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what the Bible is talking about. All right? He does give us common sense. Amen. But, but what the Lord is saying is so many times we're caught up trying to find our own solutions. We're trying to be our own savior. Okay? Now, again, again, if, if you, you know, you're missing money, you need to work. You need to, you need to, you, you need to, you've got food, you need to go out and buy food. Okay? That's the common sense part of this. All right? But then we got to recognize, amen, that there's some battles God never intended for you to fight. He never intended for you to defend yourself. Amen? The Bible says the Lord is my defense. Things that are beyond your control. God allowed it. That trial, that report, that sickness, that impossibility in your life, and you are frustrating yourself trying to make something happen. And the Lord's saying, I've got a pavilion for you. I've got a shelter for you. I've got a fortress for you. If you abide in my fortress, let me be your defense. Will you enter in? The Lord is my defense, and my God is the rock of my refuge. This refuge that the Lord is talking about is not a physical location. This tabernacle the Lord is talking about is not a place on the map. You can't punch it in on your Google Maps on your phone and get there. It's not that kind of place. It is a place of worship. It is a place where I enter into prayer. It is a place where I enter in to God's it's a place where I learn to stay and abide in him. It's God. Amen. Let me, let me just kind of, let me try to make a picture here for us a little bit. Amen. This pavilion, this shelter, this refuge is an inner, inner place that God is trying to take us into. So when we are prayerless, we are on the outside of the inner place. We, when we don't have a word discipline in our life. Amen. We are on the outside of this place where we don't have, amen, a commitment to worship and serving the house of the Lord. We are on the outside of this place. Amen. As we begin to pray, we begin to step little by little inside the place. When we begin to, amen, read and obey God's word on a daily basis, several times a day basis, we begin to enter further into this place. Amen. And the longer we pray, and the longer we worship and the longer we meditate is into God's word becomes the deeper and deeper we enter into this place of refuge. It's the fortress. It's the strong tower. It's the pavilion. It's the tabernacle. It's the place where God takes us from trouble into trouble triumph. It's the place where miracles happen. 
It's the place where soldiers fall into the Red Sea. And the children of Israel don't understand anything but I know God did it. It's a stone killing a giant veteran of war. It doesn't make sense, except I was in a pavilion. I was in a fortress in prayer. I was in that secret place with God. Amen. I lingered there. Amen. I refused to stay on the outside. I mean, I even refused to stay on the outskirts because you can be in, but right at the entrance. Jesus said, amen, I go to a, prepare a place for you. Amen. In my house, there are many mansions. Stop standing at the front door and go in to where God's taking you. We got to go into the refuge. We got to go into the pavilion. We've got to go into the tabernacle because it's in the inner courts uh, where the Lord is our defense. It's in the inner courts uh, where the God of our rock is our refuge. This place does not make sense to human understanding. This place does not make sense to the carnal mind. Harvard can't comprehend this place. Wall Street can't comprehend this place. Uh, Congress cannot comprehend this place because it's not a place of reasoning. It's a place of worship. It's a place of worship. I feel the spirit of the Lord in this house. Uh, there's revelation. God's given revelation all across this sanctuary. It's a place of worship. Unto the Lord. Amen. And this world does not worship what they cannot see. Amen. But and, and, and Thomas said, Amen. He, Lord, let me touch your hands. And Jesus said, You've seen and believe, but blessed are they who do not see and still believe. Who do not see and still pray. Who do not have tangible evidence of the miracle, tangible evidence of the promise, but they still abide with me. It's the place where we go from trouble to triumph. Amen. It's all the news reports that CNN and, and Fox News and all these places won't report. Amen. Of Israel and its enemies firing all kinds of rockets against Israel. And they can't make sense of why. Amen. Rockets won't hit their intended targets. Why? Because there's a refuge. There's a tabernacle. There's a defense. It does make sense to the carnal mind, but it is still a place. It's the place of worship and prayer and meditating on God's word. Listen to me. It sounds so simple, but it is so powerful. Demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Satan can't touch you in the inner courts of the Lord. Amen. It is the place of worship. It is the place of prayer. It is the place of meditating on God's word. If I stay in this place long enough, if I stay in this place long enough, God will turn my trouble into triumph. Because the longer I stay, the deeper I go. 
The longer you stay, the deeper you go. We detach too quickly from the presence of God. We detach too quickly from the power of God. We detach too quickly from the word of God. God is saying, amen. You're you're, you're about to detach from our presence and try to figure it out on your own. But if you'll stay here, I got a plan that Satan has no match for. If I stay in this place long enough, the Lord will turn my sorrow into joy. If I stay in this place long enough, the Lord will lift my head above my enemies and my adversity. I want to say that again. If I stay in this place long enough, the Lord will lift my head. If you stay in this place long enough, the Lord will lift your head above your enemies and above your adversity today. Do you believe it? Faith takes action. Faith takes action. If I stay in this place long enough, a song will rise from within our souls unto the Lord, and we will offer sacrifices of joy. Just stand with me today. Listen. Some of us are still debating if this is going to work. We still go home and debate if it's going to work. Bible sitting there. Your chair that we talk about every year, where's your chair? Where is the time and the place you spend with God every day? Where do you go and what time do you do it? Can you say where it is? Can you say what time? When is your devotion? What time? What day? It's every day. But what time? Where, Where do you go? Where is it? If you can't answer that question, you're missing it in life. Pastor's not being mean, but what I'm saying is there's victory you're missing out on. There's frustrations you're dealing with that you don't have to deal with. God's just saying, okay, where's the place? Where's the time? Where's your devotion? When is it? It's every day. That's a given. Somebody say it's every day. It's every day. What does every day mean? Every day. Seven days a week, where is your chair? That chair is our pavilion. That place of devotion is the tabernacle. If I stay in the presence of the Lord long enough, a song of joy will overwhelm my trouble. If I stay in the presence of the Lord long enough, a song of deliverance will overwhelm my fears. David said in Psalm 34, verse 4, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all 
Psalm 32, verses 5 through 7. It says, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I was in the place of transparency with you, Lord. I, I stay in the place of transparency. The good, bad, and the ugly in my life, I bring it to you every day. Come on, we, we, come on, who's, who's tired of fake religion? enough real people in the world. I bring the good, bad, and the ugly to my Lord and Savior every day. He knows it anyway. He said, I have not hid from you. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. You don't need to confess your transgressions to me. I'm not the Lord. That's why I don't have a little booth here. You don't need to confess to me. I'm not the Lord. But you do need to confess to the Lord. There is a refuge, a pavilion, a tabernacle, a fortress, uh, amen, where we need to be honest with God. And thou forgavest my iniquity of my sin. And then he said, Selah. What that means, oh, let's pause there. Let's go back to verse 5. When you see that word Selah, that means pause and think about that for a little while. So what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about the fact that I went to God's refuge. I gave the good, bad, and the ugly to God. I confessed my transgressions and my sins to God. And I'm amazed that you forgave me. I'm going to revel in a merciful God. I'm going to revel into a loving, kind Savior. You forgave me the iniquity of my sin. And so I'm going to dwell on that and I'm going to give thanks on that for a little while. Next verse, verse 6. For this shall everyone that is godly pray. Pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Amen. The Bible saying, amen, even when great floods, you ever feel like floods of life are about to take you over, you're going to drown in trouble? Oh, I have. There's times I've said to God, Lord, I can't take another trial. There's times I've said to God, I don't know if I can take another bad report. Come on, in the past seven days, both of our cars broke down. Last Saturday, her car broke down, okay? And then when I was going to get the car fixed, my battery went out. Then I, I mean, my, my Saturday was shot last week. It was just done. I'm like, man, I mean, I'm not gonna be able, I mean, I had plans and things I thought I was gonna be able to get ready for, didn't happen. And then, you know, oh, when's the car gonna be done? It'll be done Monday. All right, Monday came, Tuesday came, Wednesday came. Finally got the car Wednesday night. I'm teaching a Bible study on Thursday. Amen. And I'm about to go from one Bible study to the other, and then my car breaks down in the middle of the highway. Or the street, rather. Right out of this parking lot. Trying to make a left turn. Thank you, Marcos and Jackie, for helping me. I had to call my next Bible study. I said, I'm not going to be able to make it. I can't drive. I got to push my car. Thank God, Brother Marcos. 
pushed my car back into the parking lot, waited for AAA, and thank God, I thought it was going to be my transmission, but it was just my CV joint. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor gets trouble, too, for everybody who thinks my life is perfect. All right? It's not. But I'm like, oh, my gosh. But the Bible says in verse 7, thou art my hiding place. We went from there, from getting my, my car breaking down to get with the Ramita sister. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if we're going to have to cancel this or not. We made it. But I was like, Lord, I could, I could, get, I could get upset. We just dropped X amount of dollars on getting my wife's car fixed, and now, now we got to drop other money we don't have to get my car fixed and I could whine about it and complain or I could hide myself. I'm not sharing because I need pity. I don't need anybody's pity. It's not what this is about. This is about learning how to go to God in trouble. And I, the Bible says, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. It doesn't mean that I'll never have to deal with trouble. Sometimes we think Jesus means the absence of trouble. No. 